You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 79. I'm joined again by Lisa and Andy, capably, of course. Hi, guys. Nice to be here, Steve. Thanks, Steve. 79. Real, we're really getting up there, aren't it's we? It's making me feel old. Every, every podcast makes me feel a little bit older, one week older. <laughs> we do it Maybe every it's week. because you are. <laughs> exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but uh, the, the news this week, I mean, the backpack attacks, we've talked about this in the past, and it's, it's reared its head again because uh, there's a little complication. Um, Lisa, walk us through it. Yeah, well, I think it was really worthwhile to just go through the facts and what we're meant to do in this strange caretaker world that we're living in at the Hmm. moment where we're sort of everyone's in hiatus and I'm really getting sick of the ads, to be totally honest with you, and us taxpayers are still paying for them until they actually announce their Ah, thing. But that's another totally another (laughs) story, Steve. So what's happened is if we if we look at the timeline of the backpack attacks, it's basically been legislated and it's effective one July. Okay. So, so it's already law, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, absolutely law. So it's 1 July, the backpacker tax is coming in. Right. So if we want to say exactly what that is, we're saying that the tax-free threshold for people who are on 457 visas, et cetera, like that, or, or holiday visas. Yeah, so for example, your fruit pickers, your holiday makers, for example, those on working holidays. Yep. Will yeah. that matter? Yeah, usually they had a tax-free threshold. We're now we're saying we're going to treat them like non-resers and we're going to withhold... 32 and a half cents in the dollar from dollar one. Okay, so the employer, whoever it is, the farmer or the bar owner in Cairns or whoever, mm-hmm. has to withhold from their salary. Correct. All right, from, from July 1. July 1. Okay. And then you may recall, I think we said this during our, our budget um, podcast as well, Steve, that uh, it was sil- budget night was silent on backpack attacks. Right. And we went, hmm, that's interesting because everyone's hue and cry. The NFF, you know, the tourism people, everything like that are in hue and cry. It's going, how are we actually going to get resources to pick our fruit, that's right. you know, do our casual labour, um, anything seasonal, they mm. rely on this workforce to do. So what happened then? About a week later, um, after budget, uh, there was an announcement from Kelly O'Dwyer and, and the Treasury Office saying, we're going to review this because there's a big hue and cry on it and we're going to delay it to one... The, delay the start of the backpack attacks to 1 January 2017. Right. Well, that was good news. Yeah, exactly. But what's happened now, Andy? Let's explain. Well, now because it's law, what the hell are we supposed to do from 1 July 2016? Oh, because it's still happening from 1 July, but... They've announced a review, but they're in caretaker, so they can't do anything about it. No, I Absolutely see. correct, there, Steve. So, so we so thought it was worthwhile talking about. Well, what what's prudent? What do we do? Because exactly. there was a lot of discussion in the Twitter sphere over the weekend that I picked up as well, Steve. Going, mm. what's going on? The ATO are instructing people to still withhold. So we thought we'd go back to the basics, didn't we, Andy? Absolutely. So, the approach that VATO typically takes is they've got a set procedure or set approach in terms of what happens if things don't make it to LAW law. Right. Uh, and particularly with retrospective applications of laws. So a prime example of that was the $20,000 write-off, if people will recall. That happened May last year. And every Tom, Dick and Harry were trying to get in their $20,000 purchases prior to um, 30 June 2015. So the ATO, right, rightly, issued some guidance in terms of this is how it's going to apply if it w- work uh, if it were to be enacted and they basically gave a few different scenarios but the other thing that they also do is they've got this 
what they call an administrative treatment of retrospective legislation fact sheet on its website. And it really depends on whether the changes increases the taxpayer's liability or actually decreases the taxpayer's liability. Prime example was the $20,000 write-off. So if there was a reduction to liability, um, the, the ATO would then, what they say here is if a proposed law change would reduce your liabilities, you should self-assess under, under the existing law. And if you choose to self-assess by anticipating an announced law change, we may not enforce compliance with the existing law. Right. However, we will act to prevent incorrect refunds. So the HO is basically saying that, yes, you can go ahead and, and claim that, mm -hmm. but if something goes awry or if the legislation gets enacted and you've claimed it incorrectly, we'll reverse that in your tax return and you won't be entitled to claim that. So, okay. But, so that, but no penalties, in other words. That's right, yes. Okay. That's right. So it is something there that... Um, has been out there for many of you because we've always had situations where things happen from budget night. Yep, exactly. So that so how do we get into this situation? There's probably three dates we think about when we talk about LAW law and tax law, don't we, Andy? Budget night's always one, or what coin a phrase is legislation by press release. Oh, right. So the media department at the Treasury makes an announcement that it's going to be effective from when I put the press release out. But of course all the explosion drafts and the bills and the EMs and everything haven't gone through. Right. So what happens is once the law goes through, the date of that bill will say 13th of May or whatever budget night was. Sometimes you see 13th of May at 7.30 at night Australian Eastern Standard Time. Right. So they can put the date in it. Then other things will say this law will be enacted from 1 July or whatever, so they put it in there. If the bill's silent, Steve, on it, it's and it receives royal assent, which is basically the, the bill goes to the Governor-General and signs on behalf of the Queen, um, it's 28 days from royal assent if the bill's silent on that date. So this is where we can come up with all these different dates okay. accordingly. Yeah, but yeah. we really have to wait. If something gets announced by press release, oh, yeah, it's good, it's going to be effective from there, but the law has to go through before you can actually have some sort of assurance that you can claim that deduction yep. or or reduce that tax rate or increase that tax rate, whatever it may right. be. So, Andy, that guidance you were talking about, does that always apply? I mean, does it... That's, that's the general rule okay. from the ATO. Um, of course, the ATO sometimes will issue its own press release saying, well, look, in the interim, this is what you need to do, particularly, mm. if, particularly if there's no guidance out there specifically on how you need to approach specific yep. things. Um, for example, one of the things that came up last year as well was the 66 cents, cents yep. per kilometre. Oh, yeah, the car Method as well. Expense, I mean, yep. that didn't go through till roughly September. Mm. And so the ATL was a bit hamstrung. So in anticipation of actually that legislation getting through, they actually did quote 66 cents for the purposes of any withholding, which caught a lot of people off guard. So, so you do get those sorts of things happening and it yep. does create additional confusion because of the, the, the way that the legislation's going through par Parliament with, with retrospective application. Yeah, yeah, I see. So uh, legislation, I thought Royal Assent was the date when it became law, but at least you were saying it's 28 days after that. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's a whole so month. That's, so that's if the bill is silent on start date. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so about the backpacker tax, getting back to that, what's the situation? Has there been any announcement from the ATO? Unfortunately, no, but the ATO should be providing any form of announcement uh, in terms of what people need to do, because mm. 
now that it's OAW law, right. uh, there is it is necessary for people to start withholding, for those placed in that situation to start withholding. So you're saying that people should withhold from July 1 anyway? That's correct, yeah. As, as, a, as a prudent measure, people yeah. should start withholding, uh, putting aside that 32 and a half uh, cents in the dollar yep. so that um, so that to the extent that the ATO does come knocking on the door they'll say okay we want okay we want so you, it's, so. it's there it's in the it's put aside what, what if the law is changed what if this review eventually says oh no we won't be doing this anymore but what happens to that withheld amount yeah that's that's a tricky one because we don't really know um, the application date for that we don't know following the review whether they'll retrospectively amend so that from 1 July 2016 there's no requirement to to withhold and if that's the case then you know people might those farmers or whoever's employing these 457 workers would mm. then need to to refund those amounts to to the employee. Oh, that's that's if they're still working there. So probably I would say, given that they're basically itinerant or seasonal workforce, I would just assume that these workers would have to put an Australian tax return in oh, yeah. and claim it back in their Australian tax return, Steve, and that's pretty much how, how it would potentially work. The other thing that I think the, the listeners need to be wary of, it's the employer's responsibility to withhold. So if they don't withhold... What happens then? You know, if if I pay you a hundred dollars and I haven't withheld, basically cash in hand, but not it's gone gone through the books. But I've given you a paycheck in yeah, cash. Yeah. Um, if they're meant to withhold, does that mean they have to, you know, correct the withholding on top of that? So add the thirty two and a half percent into that oh. and say that you've net of withholding. Yep. So you're going to be out of pocket. So there's <sighs> no right answer, but I think Andy's exactly correct that you've got to be prudent and if this is what the law says, yep. this is what you do. And if we come back to this strange paradigm we're in at the moment, that you know, if you're if you want to use say non concessional contributions and use the cap as it applies to the law now, yep. and you're willing to correct it if need be you know, there's nothing stopping you now from applying the law as it is for the non-concessional cap. Don't worry about your budget announcements. But if they then go through, you might need to clean up a bit of the administration, right. but you won't be in for penalties or, or uh, interest charges. No, or at least that. So I suppose the, the message for practitioners then who have clients who may be affected by the backpack tax or the non-concessional caps or all that, you're saying the prudent measure would be to act upon the law as it is now, as we understand it is now, well, I wouldn't. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be acting on the law as it could be in the future. No, no. I'd yeah. look at as it is now or be silent, if you know what I mean. So, right. with the non-concessional contributions, you either don't make any, right, or apply the law as now. But I wouldn't be anticipating the changes that mm. are going through mm. because, as we know, once it goes into exposure draft, and we could see a very nice mosaic of people in the Senate. I think at the moment. <laughs> Um, of average Australians, uh, who knows how these bills are actually going to look like right. once it goes through a few circulations through the upper and lower house, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the right thing for VHA to do, Steve, is to provide some guidance, at least during this caretaker period, so that people yeah. at least know what they need to do. I mean, even if they come up with a firm statement saying, look, you need to withhold, and if it doesn't come to, to light or there is any form of retrospective application, then... Uh, you know, we'll we'll put these measures in place. So it's incumbent on the the ATO to at least provide guidance because that day is coming very very soon, and people need to. Oh, it's what three weeks away, if that. Yes. Yeah. So people need to get their act together. Yeah. 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 Well, it's all very interesting. It's all very kind of uh, frightening in a way too. It's um a little bit disturbing, but uh, um, 
Yeah, it's, di- it's difficult times that we live in, Steve, Isn't I it? think. Yeah. Well, who would have thought the time it could get more complicated than it already was, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, so we're, still, we're only halfway through the election campaign, so I think yeah. just wait and see what happens. Mm, yes. So for those at home who want a bit more information, administrative treatment of retrospective legislation, if they Google that, that should be the first... In, in administrative era. treatment of retrospective legislation. legislation. All right, excellent. Mm. I'll get the Google, Googler out after the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks very much, uh, Lisa and Andy. This has been enlightening as usual. Um, thank you, listeners. And uh, we'll be back at the microphones next week. <laughs>